Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound, as always. They've been with us since the very beginning. If you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us, and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Today's episode is also brought to you by PlanBSales.com and CircleBDieCast.com. If you're looking for any diecasts or any other NASCAR memorabilia, be sure to check them out. Use promo code BFP123 for free shipping on orders over $20. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pull hair, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh... Occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we edged him out, we beat him, so it's all good. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Solero Commerce Compound. As always, I am Charlie Sanborn at C Sanborn III. You our Brad Sauce here at BSauce96. Together, we are at Black Flag Pod on all things social media. That's Instagram account. That's a Twitter account. That's on Facebook. More importantly, that is on the Patreon app as well, too. So head on over to wherever the hell you get your apps from. Look up the Patreon app and then look up the Black Flag Podcast. That'll get you 20% off all merchandise. That'll get you uh, some extra content in which we're going to record a show right after this one uh, so that all the pals can give a get another you know, you know few minutes of their Tuesday to suck a little bit less, which... Uh, we are now, I think, going to do this on Tuesdays. We're going to see you all next Tuesday, gonna, every Tuesday. We're going to see you next Tuesday, every Tuesday. Um, the Sunday thing was getting hard. It was always, and in, in we talked about this like weeks ago, and that it, we were going we were gonna to switch to Monday, and then we just didn't for yeah. whatever reason. And then last week, we were just like, yeah, I think that that probably makes the most sense anyways. Um, on top of that, our guests typically are a lot more free on Mondays as well. Yes. Uh, we've been doing a lot of guest work, which is nice. I know last week we didn't have a guest. Uh, I was trying to work on that, didn't end up getting one. Um, but yeah, Mondays seem to work a lot better for folks, including us. So Yeah. Well, it, it, well well prime example this past weekend we both separately in two different portions of the united states had our very own tour to nascars uh yours was a little bit probably more aggressive than mine uh, but on friday night i headed over to the uh, bartlett bridge raceway where you know myself jeremy decorsey bobby timmons and rusty poland uh we are the staff there which if anybody knows anything about us that's fucking terrifying um, but, uh, basically I, I love that place every single week. You get to see the next generation of hopefully local superstars that maybe myself and maybe the person who you'll hear later on in the show, uh, our special guest this week, maybe we'll all get to race against each other at some point. Um, and that's the type of shit that I strive for. So, um, you know, we had first time winners all over the place. Uh, one being, um, Jason Curtis, uh, he's, you know, pretty well known around these areas. Uh, he's won sports series races and sportsman type cars, uh, at Beechridge and Wiscasset. His daughter, Aaliyah Curtis got her first ever feature victory. Um, and then later on in the night in one of the more competitive divisions, Ethan Walker, uh, in the number 17 brought home his very first ever feature victory as well too so that adds uh, a third generation to the walkers of winning races uh, between dan jeff and now ethan uh, so congratulations to him uh, pretty cool that uh, i got to call him home for his first ever ever win there at bartlett bridge raceway uh, good on him he's learned how to 
he's learned how to lose one pretty much every type of way. He was being very Dale Earnhardt-esque as of late, uh, leading all sorts of laps, and then uh, basically Charlie Sanborning it away at the end. Um, so good on Ethan, good on the uh, the whole 17 crew there, uh, bringing home bringing home a W. Um, so Bartlett Bridge is always a good time. I love that place, like I said. Uh, and then uh, Saturday, I headed over to Beechridge, uh, where, again, uh, it's just never a bad show there. Uh, they cram all sorts of action into a couple hours, and you know now we have a full Thursday program, full Saturday program. You get it all done in about two, two and a half hours, and um, you know you can't be mad as a spectator for sure. And uh, I was lucky enough to be up uh, up in the booth there with Andy Austin and Rob Steele, and uh, calling the shots. And uh, <laughs> Andy, Andy is uh, he has a lot of trust in me, uh, which he. Sh- shouldn't yeah at all wanted you to say that (laughs) he shouldn't at all i don't know if he's ever heard our show but giving me a live microphone for a a live event uh is crazy and uh you know last couple times i've i've been fortunate enough to do that he uh he just gets up in the middle of the truck race it's like his break time and it's just me calling the race at beechridge for the mighty truck series which that shouldn't be happening uh, but apparently, apparently people, uh, I've heard a lot of good feedback from it. So, uh, thank you to everybody who, who enjoys that part of it. And it was yeah, just we, Rob Steele and I, we were, we were on a live mic one time in the booth at Hickory. Um, yes. and that's weird to say out loud actually, <laughs> now that I mention it. Uh, and I think I blacked out cause I don't remember what was said, but I didn't get canceled. So that's oh. a plus. Yeah. I that, believe. Yeah. No, we, uh, uh, we didn't, we didn't fuck that up. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, no Saturday, like I said, it's, uh, it's becoming more of a routine thing now that we're, we haven't been racing every single week, which is kind of new for me. I, I, at first I was just kind of floating around the racetrack, not really knowing what to do with my hands. And, um, I've kind of a, adopted a role there in the announcer's booth with Andy and he's been very gracious and very, uh, um, very positive in terms of you know helping him out there so it's it's cool to have that and he he throws bfp out on the mic all the time and uh promotes us so i in turn like to promote him and uh again we've talked about it before but andy austin by far is the best in the league by a long shot yeah um just brings brings the hype up you know gets you involved uh even if you've never been to a race before you don't know a single person on the racetrack andy austin will make sure that you know damn well who they are and what they do and where they stand in the points so that you feel like you've been there for every single race so far in the season so uh he's very good there and uh also the president of the main vintage race car association which on sunday was my third leg of the main portion of the tour de nascars this past weekend uh wiscasset speedway held the uh the annual Summerfest event for the main vintage race car association uh which it was it was incredible to see uh all the the cars and superstars of uh yesteryear out there with uh you know the old camaros and the the old modifieds and we even had some you know vintage sprint cars out there and uh very cool like i said kind of stepping back in time and and seeing all the people and all the cars and all the all the cool things that kind of laid the groundwork for us to be able to do what we do every single weekend and uh it's uh kind of just my way to be able to to give back to something that's given me so much uh in, in terms of my life so uh, I love that uh, that whole organization. Very, very fortunate to be a very small part of their success. And uh, anybody that wants to be a part of that, uh, head on over to Instagram or Facebook. Uh, look up Main Vintage Race uh, at Main Vintage Race or the Main Vintage Race Car Association. Uh, it's also mainvintagerace.org where you can sign up to be a member and uh, do all sorts of cool things to help give back to that uh, particular community and help support the 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 Main Motorsports Hall of Fame, which. Uh, 
you know, the entire mission behind the main vintage race car association is to be able to preserve the history uh, of stock car racing in the state of Maine or just racing in general. Uh, there's a lot of drag drag racing involved in that too. So, um, yeah, just cool to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, you know, you had the Bruce elders of the world out there who, you know, this year is his 50th anniversary of winning the Beach Ridge Motor Speedway, uh, track championship. And, uh, you know, these are all really cool people with a, with a story to tell. And, uh, you know, we're just the people that are fortunate enough to listen to it. So, uh, very cool to have that. But you, Bradley, you did, uh, yeah, we, we, you uh, had you had quite the adventure this weekend. Did you not? We sure did. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, ended up leaving work around one thirty on, uh, Friday and jetted down to the Stafford motor speedway it was nice to, uh, I, I realized that it's a big difference between leaving at two thirty and leaving at one thirty um, traffic wise, uh, still took way too long. Uh, got stuck in a little bit of traffic, but still made it there around five was able to, uh, shoot the shit with some friends for quite a while. Um, and yeah, ended up being able to have some, some beers with, uh, daddy and, and, uh, Sammy Anderson and, and all of our friends down that way, which are, uh, few and far between, but they're good people. They can, they can all stay. They can stay. Um, and so yeah. Stafford, Stafford puts on a great show on, on a Friday night and, uh, the NASCAR wheel and modified tours in town too. Uh, the, so, uh, gotta give a shout out to, uh, Michael Ray, I believe is the name that 42, uh, late model down there. Uh, noticed the first time that we went to Stafford this year, just wandering around the pit area, that he has BFP stickers on his car. Now that means that we must have gone and sent them to him. So we um, we do not necessarily know who he is, but he knows who we are, and that tends to be the case with most people that we interact with, which is great. Um, big fan of his. Every time that he's out on the racetrack, we do cheer for him. We give him a couple points in the right direction, yeah, yeah. Um, which helps every time. And uh, we we just we didn't happen to be pointing one specific lap coming out of four where he got completely dumped, uh, nah. cleaned out, and. In front of very like a lot of lot of cars. I, I I don't know how he didn't get absolutely destroyed, but he didn't. I uh, got dumped and uh, ended up pointing right and back in the right direction. Went back around, caught up with the field. Obviously, the back of the field now, and, and drove his way back up to fourth or fifth. And I know that he's he's up there in the points battle. He's at a first or second in, in points, so that's good to see. Um, Stephen Kopsick put on a on a sticker uh, and uh, went out there and had a had a decent showing. Uh, I believe he's also first or second in the point standings. Um, and yeah, I mean, stat, George Bissett put a sticker on the car. I Georgie, I didn't necessarily see his race. I think that we were watching it on the television. I don't know how well he did. Um, unfortunately, he didn't win. But hopefully, uh, we like a George Bissett. I believe it's, the car is still in one piece, so he lives to fight another day. And uh, did get a message from the the, the other Chapmans that are not Jason, <laughs> and uh, they will have stickers on as of this week, and they will well, send pictures it, as proof. So, it worked the first time. Um, so yeah, right, exactly. So, so they're they're gonna win or flip. Yep, yep. So that, that was. Uh, Stafford Stafford was a good time um our uh, good good friend there Ryan Priest ended up getting the win that was good to see uh really put on a show he uh, lost a lot of spots on pit road as, as he typically does um and then and re- rebounded and drove up through the field and uh yeah ended up picking up the win so that was cool to see and uh then yeah Sean Hawley and I <laughs> jumped in the How car did, so uh, last I knew it was supposed to be you and daddy yeah and then then Holly tagged along. Was this a very last minute occasion? No, it was about no? it was early in the week. Last week, I would say yeah. it, it, after after we put out a podcast of uh, me saying that anyone and anyone anyone and everyone could throw uh throw their you know their hat in the ring to uh, to jump into the vehicular as long as we have an open seat and uh, make the trek. And uh, so yeah, I think that I was just you know, scrolling through Snapchat and on my the the recent people I had Snapchatted. I'm like, who's from Connecticut? Because the the problem I run into a lot is that people from Maine and up this way and why I go to Stafford so often by myself is that 
what it, whether it's people don't want to get out or they can't get out of work early enough to go down to Stafford on a Friday night, uh-huh. or they have to be back fr- also Friday night and they can't stay the night into Saturday, let alone ask for Friday night, Saturday night, and a little most of all of day <laughs> Sunday. So, right. um, so I was like, oh, it'd probably be a lot easier just to ask the Connecticut friends that I typically that we typically hang out with at Stafford uh-huh. uh, if any uh-huh. of them want to go. Uh, and Holly immediately said yes, and uh, ended up jumping aboard, and we were allowed. Or we were able to kind of have a little bit more, I don't know, entertainment. I guess yeah. if, if Daddy was Holly's taking a good time. Yeah, she's she's we some, like a Holly. She, well, Holly. she's all right, I guess. <laughs> I mean, but uh, if Daddy's taking a nap, uh, I can harass Holly. Yeah. She's in the back seat. Yeah, there's no downtime. Exactly, not a lot of downtime. Yeah, you yeah. can alternate. I mean, I drove the whole entire trip. I don't necessarily know why. Uh, I probably could have had On someone purpose? else drive at some point. To or and other. from? Oh yeah. Yeah. Two, Nobody else drove. Nope. To Jennerstown, from Jennerstown to Watkins. I, I don't necessarily love not driving. I, I feel really? way more in control and more safe when I'm driving. Oh. God, for, I would ne- definitely never let Holly take the wheel. But, oh, I my mean, God, no. Yeah. But I, I I like a nap or two in the, in the I, passenger see, I seat. Just, I, wasn't, I, I always wasn't feel bad because, like, the, so, like, I, when I had the Volkswagen, I felt like I was the one you know, typically driving. And now you have the, the Camry. You're, you're always the one driving. I feel bad sometimes. I'm like, you know, I feel like maybe I should, I should take a, take a leg or two. And then you're like, no, I'll, I'll drive. Yeah. Two, and, two Fridays ago, I definitely, I had to pull over on the side of the highway as we, we were like 30 minutes from the house. And I was just like, Charlie, I, I need you to drive. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah I was well, like, I, I'm well, literally that's the thing. Like, I had offered and you're like, no, 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 I got it. No, I got it. Well, I, I made it, it two and a half hours. Almost, and then, and, and, but no, it was just like it's funny because it's like I always offer and you're like no 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 I got it. yeah no, and then understand. then we're literally like ten minutes from home you're like I can't I yeah. can't I can't yeah. I'm like dude I got it no worries my it, eyes are it, it, I I feel bad sometimes my eyes know? are heavy <laughs> my knees weak and, and mom spaghetti and all that stuff so yeah we we jump in the car fuck up some spaghetti right we, now yeah sure I like a spaghetti yeah, you know? no spaghetti's good it's just yeah. a weird thing to what? Just, I think I think that's what's being made currently. Oh, okay. So, yeah. uh, so uh. we jump in the car on Saturday morning to head to Jennerstown, which is a brisk seven hours from Sean's house, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. right right around the corner, uh, if you will. And and uh, that's a trip that I'm very well accustomed to. I would say driving from uh, from Maine to Pittsburgh, you take the exact same route um, with with just a with a with a turn off to uh, to go to Jennerstown. It, it's literally the exact same thing. I eighty four to I eighty one to I eighty something fucking to three twenty two to twenty two, and then you're there. That so sounds right. It's yeah. just fuck. It's a, <laughs> it's an absolute. My, it's a it's to, an adventure, and it's to go to Ohio. It was what was it? It was ninety five to. Like four ninety five to eighty four to eighty one for like a second to you'd be I think you're on eighty one for way more than a second. Well, no, you could either take not you could take ninety one, so you go which goes through like yeah. Oh, so yeah, never mind. So you take you could take ninety one, which goes all the way up through like fucking Niagara Falls and all that shit, and it looks like way longer, like as like the line goes, but it's like ten minutes shorter somehow. Yeah. Or, or you can take eighty four would for like a day and a half. Yeah, uh, to yeah. 81 for like a second, which then dumps you off to like 75 in Ohio, and then I have to go through the entire length of Ohio to get to school. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, I, I, I'm also very familiar with the uh, it, the territory uh, and the drive. It, it's one of those drives where the GPS says seven hours, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, bad. five and a half. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking dude. Bad. What what? So what's the typical? So to school, where what was the name of your college again? It was uh, Robert Morris. Robert University. Morris University. Yeah. What was the like? What would the GPS say from? like driveway to dorm i don't know why i remember this but it was like 10 hours and 43 minutes what was your record uh, probably it was probably like 10 
10 hours in like 15 minutes. Like it wasn't too much time really? shaved off because I would always go out of my way to make a stop at Sheets in Wilkesbury. So so me driveway to driveway. Yeah. was like almost literally exactly 13 hours. Like what the GPS would say, like 1301 or like 02 sometimes, yeah. like depending on like what part of the house you're standing on. My record okay, three and a half. <laughs> It was like ten and a half. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I was I doing, did. I was doing over a hundred. Cause so there was a bet on the line. So it was the day that I left. Literally the last time I was in Ohio, the last day I was in Ohio, there was a bet on the line. It was a Thursday morning. All right. Well, Thursday thunder's going on. Yippa had bet me that I couldn't make it to the racetrack by the first green flag, or else I had to buy him a beer. But if I made it, he was going to buy me a beer. I, I don't. So this is this is the this is where I get competitive. I think that I feel like a, a speeding ticket is more. It expect- didn't matter. Okay, didn't matter. Right. Didn't, there was mm-hmm. a bet. Yep. I couldn't lose. Right. Just can't. You so might I, have a problem with gambling. That's mm, fine. Mm. Carry on. No, no. What were you, <laughs> that's coming from you. <laughs> what were you? What, all fucking. No. People. What were you saying? Was, so anyway, so I had a gambling problem. Uh, I got up and I for sure slept through my alarm. I, I, I was like, oh, that's easy. I'll just get up at like five. Get there by you know six be fine i have plenty of time well i woke up at my house at eight o'clock mm-hmm. well if you do math 13 hours that gets you home at 9 p.m or if you do math the races are over at that point uh can't have that yeah. so i'm like oh fuck so i like jump up ran out the house like deuces never have not seen that house since um and i drove literally safe speed for the racetrack obviously but i drove well over 100 like for like 10 hours and i don't know how or why this didn't happen but i never saw a single shred of law enforcement (laughs) from 4400 westbury uh road in lima ohio all the way to 70 holmes road which is the racetrack never saw a shred of fucking law enforcement and i i pulled in fucking yanked the e-brake in the volkswagen and i ran because it was literally like 658 when i pulled into the the dirt parking lot at beecher and i ran through just as the first fucking race was like taking the green flag and i took a snapshot of it so i didn't lose the bet and then yippa bought me a beer well that was a trip it it Uh, was it was aggressive yeah i uh so we we jump in saturday whatever we leave at six i think Mm -hmm. and so six so like one it was like i think our ETA when we first jumped in the car was like 107 and mm-hmm. we ended up rolling up at like 12:45 but we had to stop at the gas station at the top of the street they have alcoholic slushies great you know just it's it's uh it's weird they had like like THC gummy it was like it was weird it was like weird like at a gas station yeah it was like a weird like oh, maybe Excuse it was THC it was it was they had like all kinds of CBD things um, it's a weird and, move for a gas station yeah it was a, it was an interesting little spot wait um <laughs> what what is it like a tobacco product type of place no no it wasn't oh. even it was like an actual nice establishment but really? so we, we get there right at, right at the top of the racetrack and uh we end up obviously moseying on down to the racetrack you could pay five dollars to park on the infield we of course did that well um i had grabbed beers and uh, holly had grabbed Trulies at the gas station and uh sean actually had to work it was a working day for sean daddy had to pay the bills obviously and uh what a loser. Up, ended up spotting for Corey Casagrande. So Holly and I ended up just uh, tailgating out of the Camry as people were practicing. Um, was kind of a, a weird little deal where the the 
the, the late models are out on the racetrack going around and uh, you know, you're watching Gabe Brown go by and Mike Hopkins go by and Eddie Mack go by and I'm swigging a beer and uh, I look over to the left and the car that is parked right next to me, um, one of the late model competitors who for some reason was not out on the racetrack was Jeremy Mayfield um, who was sitting on the uh, tailgate of like a Why Jeep. was he not on the racetrack? I don't know. No. Was it? Did he have a race car there? Well, yes, he did. Yeah. Did it so, look nice at least? No. Um, oh. But <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what he was doing, but he was he was maybe he was having a beer with uh, with with friends and family before the races. Um, I don't know. Save save meth for the racetrack or something. But <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yikes. <laughs> we end up. Uh, it's obviously we end up going uh, and uh, hanging out with the Derek Griffith crew where uh, there is upwards of three people in the trailer the whole entire day it was, it was such a wild scene to see just all the commotion everywhere and then you're just sitting there with with you know recon and derek and, and louie and everyone's just sitting in the trailer just kind of like shooting the shit mm-hmm. and like the kid just won practice yesterday and he's been fast all day today and then he obviously goes out and wins the race and you're just like that's he's probably used just, to it at this point yeah it's, yeah. Just, <laughs> it's like just interesting yeah. uh, everyone else with fucking polos and stacker trailers and shit they're just they're also there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we, we end up uh, making our way over. It's Jennerstown. Great spot. Twenty $25 for a hoodie. That's great. A great sale uh, item right there. $12 for T-shirts. Um, 15 for certain stuff. I don't know. It's just like everything there is like cheap and they have unique things that other racetracks just don't have. Um, and apparently Tito's Juice, which you'll hear about later, that, that ended up being uh, quite the aggressive, aggressive move. But the uh they have modifieds there that are very much they're not even they're like they're kind of like past mods i would think but not really and they had like 11 of them so we didn't necessarily watch that we kind of just stayed at the uh that was the way, trailer. That, was, that was a urinal break that was the only other division that was there so we ended up just going and uh going up for the the late model race obviously which um they so the last time I was at Jennerstown, it was it was kind of a boring race, I would say, for a while. It was, I mean, it was a good race, but like it was very strung out, um, and there wasn't many yellows the, the last time we were there until the end of the race, when then then they all they wrecked all the shit. Well, this race in particular was, which you'll hear about a little bit later with Derek, but um, we it, they they it was like lap thirty, and they had wrecked. They started twenty nine. They had like twenty one cars left, and like. Seven of them were destroyed. There was a fist fight in turn one. I don't know if you've seen that video that's going going around. So, uh, I think his name's like Jeremy Schaefer or something, and some other feller in the ni- in this ninety eight car. They get tangled up. They end up st- stuffed in the wall. I don't necessarily know how much damage the sixteen car had, which was the, the Schaefer feller. But it didn't seem like it was terrible. See, so, but he gets out of the car in turn one, and goes drops the window net of the ninety eight and just starts absolutely unloading on what I assume is his helmet, which I mean, weird move. He must've broke his fucking hand. I would assume. I mean, he like, I mean, haymakers like I'll pull it up here in a second. (laughs) You'll, you'll see it was, it was, it was a very, very peculiar move. I don't necessarily think that he, uh, he ended up succeeding in any way, but the best move of the night, um, was the the best move of the night was the, the 98. What is he? So he's either punching the seat or the helmet, both of which I assume are undefeated against human hands. Yeah. Um, the best move of the night move. that you just that you just didn't end up seeing. The the ninety eight. So the sixteen ends up getting escorted out by like the the track staff. Um, the the ninety eight feller now comes over, grabs the guy's helmet, 
takes his helmet out of the race car and throws it out of the facility, down the hill, into the parking lot, which I believe is a win for that guy. I think that, that I think he took the win. I think it was the funniest part of the whole entire thing. Just getting, I mean, wait. Not, so he was the guy getting punched. Yes, gets the other out, guy, goes into the first guy's race car, takes his helmet, and throws it and out of the race it out of the fucking ballpark. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's I that, like that. that move right there. That that was the move that got everyone. So, so on one, that guy's if you're side. if you're punching somebody in a race car, you're a pussy. Yeah, take them out of the race. At least let either one let them get out, or two, help them out of the race car, and then square up like it like a, you're supposed to. If you're punching somebody who's strapped into a seat, you're just a pussy. You're not. You know that they can't hit you back. You know that there's nothing that they can do about it. You're you're a cunt. You're a pussy. These were big boy um, uh, hands as well being yeah, thrown too. They, yeah, these like were, these weren't. It like, doesn't matter though. Like it, yeah. it, you're you're being a pussy. That's the ultimate hold me back move. Like the guy's literally strapped into a race car. How is he supposed to defend himself? You're literally a cunt. I yeah. You are a cunt. It, it was it was. Um, the, the, so so the ultimate move is to. Just nonchalantly get out and fucking yeet your fucking helmet out of the ballpark. I yeah, love it. That's yeah. that's a move. I like that guy. Whoever that is, yeah, yeah. big fan. Of was that. was was quite the uh, quite the thing to see. And it was lap thirty again, like I said. Uh, and they they ended up a little bit green flag stretch for for a little bit there. They were doing like a I think it was four, lap forty, lap ninety. No lap. I don't know what they're doing. They're doing they were doing three segments basically. And the second segment there was like three laps to go. And there was a yellow. Well, then they just kept wrecking, and they kept wrecking, and they kept wrecking big. And they ended up having to just not fucking like finish the segment. Just basically roll the extra two laps that were left over into the final segment. Um, unfortunately, one of the casualties was our, our uh, good friend. Well, to me, uh, a friend of the program, Brandon Marhefka. He uh, he's a local there. He's number thirteen. He uh, said that two weeks ago he had uh, he had to get a new clip a front clip on the car and um he's gonna need another one so Oof. it wasn't good so when they wreck at jennerstown they wreck big um they're going very fast there's a there's a video that circulated uh, a couple two three weeks ago of a late model exiting the ballpark um going into turn three that that i'm sure a lot of people saw whether they recognize it was jennerstown or not i don't know um uh, but they wreck all of it yeah and uh there was a if anyone saw my my Snapchat story the memories from a year ago there was a I believe the same exact guy in that video was the same exact guy that did that after Brandon did it <laughs> um, this year the zero car I think I think I think but if you get turned going down the front chute you're gonna hit the inside wall so so hard and that happened to our, our friend our good friend, br- friend Brandon who ended up buying a couple t-shirts off of us uh, uh that was the the actual the only uh, sale that we made down there um you'll hear about another potential sale that almost went down with the, <laughs> the interview with Derek um and uh yeah so he ended up hitting hitting the inside wall and then that Eldon King or whatever the fuck that guy's name I mean he pff, dude it was so bad I mean like the thing is yeah, uh, that poor fella. If it was the same guy two years in a row, I mean, it's just... But basically, they wrecked a lot of shit. They tore up all the race cars, and all of our local friends had a good showing. I think that it's, in the top six, you had... I think the top six was Derek Griffith. Uh, you had Eddie McDonald, who probably... He, was, he at, at the end of the race, was for sure faster than Derek. Um, it, I was watching Race Monitor. I was trying to 
see race monitor as Cassidy was shaking her hand. I was trying to f- decipher what the fuck was on there. I was trying to shake my head at the same time, trying to see if I could fucking get on the same wavelength of it. Uh, but it, he, he ended up getting within a car length with like three or four or five to go. It was very close to the end of the race. And I'm like, Eddie is going to get to him and he's going to have to move him out of the way. Um, and I was not looking forward to it, um, especially sitting next to uh, Cassidy after um, sitting next to her at Daytona. Yeah. Um, there was a couple that you almost got hit with an elbow, a shoulder, a shoe. It was, it was something uh, at Daytona, which you'll hear about a little bit later as well. Um, but so the there's the 14 car of Zane Farrell was going to lap down. Let Derek uh, Derek caught him in a very good spot. I would say got by him very easily. He didn't give Eddie McDonald, I would say, as easy of a of a pass by. And that really, really helped Derek seal the deal. Um, so navigating lap traffic was uh, was a plus for Derek, uh, not so much for Eddie. That's a real shame. Um, Mike Hopkins was very, very fast. Our, our, our friend there uh, put on stickers before the race, said that he wasn't good all weekend, was very good in the race, drove from like 21st or 20th or something to third, um, and then got doored by Eddie Mack and uh, spun out. Had the toe knocked all out of it, and then just parked the thing, and had some choice words for the driver of the seventeen Ma. Uh, but so the the top three, or the top, I mean the top six was uh, was Derek, Eddie Mack, Albert Francis, the local kid there, and I believe Cole Butcher, I think Gabe Brown, and then Corey Casagrande. So uh, you had a lot of familiar faces down mm-hmm. there, kind of kind of putting on a good show. So it was awesome to see Derek get the win. It was awesome to be able to. It, hang out with him the entire day and then, and then see him uh, end up victorious and then have a couple beers with uh, him and him and uh, the whole crew, all four of them and uh, have uh, some Tito's juice with Mike Hoppins. That was cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we ended up staying 20 minutes down the road, checked into the hotel real late. The guy that was checking us in was very unhappy um, that we were an hour and a half later than we were supposed to be there. One uh, thirty in the morning. It said you had to be there by midnight. That's fine. I called them, said we'd be uh, maybe a little late, 15 20 30 minutes we were an hour and a half late <laughs> um so whoopsie daisies um, did they want your money or not well probably they'll get over it yeah so uh, we walked in and the guy just goes brad I'm like yeah and he's like i was like that's never good when they know when you ha- you knew when me. a stranger knows yeah you <laughs> when, for no reason yeah. and uh yeah and he's just like well you're the only one we're waiting on and i'm like oh shit so this guy's probably like oh. he's gotta like go home or something but, yeah uh so sucks to suck seem it was still nice Put on a fake smile, at least for a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I ended up crashing there for the night and uh, woke up the next morning. Went to Watkins Glen where we had hot passes, uh, courtesy of uh, of our good friend Rich, whom I met through Instagram. Um, but he, he he is one of uh, – he's good friends with me because he called me Sauce Boss, and that is something that only um, the goodest of my friends uh call me i would say it's um, first time hearing of it so yeah that's see even it goes all the way back to like high school so i think rich <laughs> and i go way back to high school we're good good pals he ended up getting us all hot passes we uh walked into the garage area like we own the place no fake so you actually got, you got an actual yeah it was crazy as it was wild. advertised hot pass yeah it, was, huh. it, it said vip and everything What's that like it didn't say party city or made in china on it um was it just which, a yellow wristband no wasn't well, any. good made a duct tape so it was cool yeah it, it was wasn't awesome. just a parking pass no 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 hmm. Weird how that works. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out Rich. Um, but yes, yeah, so we went in there. Was there a just, camper just, waiting for you too? No. Should have been. Yeah. Yeah. So we, <laughs> uh, I saw a bunch of campers. They were really nice in the uh, the the inside of the racetrack. But where, there wasn't where we one, were actually able there to There wasn't access. one like promise and then not there. No. Oh, okay. No, there wasn't. So, okay. uh, 
we ended up walking through there, and it was cool to be able to hang out with uh, with our, our our good friend Ryan Priest and uh, our good friend Freddie Kraft for uh, for a couple couple two three minutes there. Um, we kind of just hung around them for for the most part. We ended up seeing uh, Derek Nealand, obviously a friend of the program. Brandon Wilkinson was also doing some spotting there for uh, the road course, and uh, went over and hung out with them. And uh, Ryan Flores was uh, able to meet him. I know that we, we were accustomed to watching him in Atlantic City uh, wheel the piss out of one of them TQ deals, and mm-hmm. uh, he's he doesn't no, he's never bad at what he does. So no. he and it was interesting. Uh, I was wearing my BFP shirt, and uh, he was the first person of the weekend to walk up to me and go, "Oh, it's the Black Flag Podcast," and I'm like, "Mm-hmm, interesting. It sure is." Ryan yep. Flores knows who we are. Yep, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, we had it, it, was, it was a good time. We, we ended up Rusty's gonna be jealous. Ended up kind of just like wandering around uh, the facility as you kind of do at Watkins Glen. There's no real, I would say, great spot to just park yourself to get the full experience. Um, Daddy wasn't necessarily thrilled. I would say um, Daddy was very, very unhappy. The most unhappy I've ever seen Daddy probably About what? ever. The, the amount of walking that you had to do, it, it was very, had he, very... Had he never road coursed before? No, and it was very questionable, the, the route you had to take to get to the garage. You had to, like, go 17 miles straight in one direction and then take a left and then go 16 miles back inside the fenced-in area just to get oh. to the gate to get to the garage. And you're like, why did I have to go around that whole entire fucking loop? Um, and it was hot as shit. And so at one point, Daddy goes, oh, I'm going to go grab, grab water from the fan zone. So who, we go over. Who, by the way, master of the Irish goodbye. Yes. Where if you're at Watkins Glen, New York, yes, that that can be a problem. Yeah. So yeah. I was afraid that at one point or another he would leave. Um, but so he goes over. Or Holly and I are getting uh, Kona ice, which if you've never had one, it's very good. Very refreshing on a nice hot day. And it's just ice with flavoring on it very good um and uh, keeps it cool keeps the body temperature regulated and uh daddy went over to stand in the line for food it's just like a generic like coca-cola like display deal that has like a hot dog and a hamburger and water and powerade and shit and so daddy's standing in line and daddy's been in line for a very long time daddy still has about 10 people before he gets to the front of the line daddy already sounds like he's getting cunty and daddy is very cunty yeah (laughs) yeah daddy is for sure not happy um and so he goes or I, actually, I said to him, I was like, hey, it's going to be a real shame when you get all the way to the front of the line and I don't have any water. And he goes, no, I've, I've been seeing people grab it, but this is fucking ridiculous. He's like, this is this. Why, why is there not stands <laughs> of water around this whole facility? You have to walk 10 miles to get to this one spot that has water. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking weird. As I take like a bite of my ice, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, crazy your crazy frozen times, water. Crazy times around here. And so daddy waits until <laughs> front of the line, gets up there, <laughs> asks for water, has his card in hand, ready to go, and just turns around, just gritting his teeth. And he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he had asked us to get him one of them Kona ice deals, but then when he found out there was no alcohol, and he was like, oh, never mind. And he very easily could have had one, but he didn't. So uh, Holly let him finish half of hers or whatever, and so he ended up not complaining for a couple, two, three minutes there. But we ended up walking uh, to the front shoot where we were sitting behind Pit Road. It was wild. Uh, we were told with our VIP passes, the only thing you couldn't do is go onto the grid while the drivers and the cars were like getting fired up and shit, basically. And, uh, Seems fair. <laughs> so um, we did that. Uh, daddy goes, let's just see how close we can get. And I'm like, all right. So daddy and I jump over the, the wall. Holly gets, um, stage fright, if you will, and doesn't. And she ends up staying behind everything. Well, daddy and I are now like, you're on TV. Yeah. We're, we're like, (laughs) if you didn't see by like the story that I posted on the black flag account or like Facebook, that's, 
that we weren't oh, we're for sure not supposed to be where we were and the, like the drivers were getting in the cars like they were in the, the cars and we were just moseying on down and we walked about uh, all of I don't know, one fiftieth of a mile before someone was like, get over on the other side of the wall. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, that yeah. seems fair. Uh, so <laughs> we ended up uh, going over there and just sitting behind pit wall for the, the opening lap, watched a uh, couple, two, three laps. I believe friend Jeff Morin, he's a, I think he's a Patreon subscriber. I was wearing my BFP shirt. We walk up into the grandstands. He goes, hey, BFP. And I'm like, that's wild to me. Um, that's the second person that's done it today. The first one was Ryan Flores and, and Jeff Moore, obviously. Um, but it was, yeah, uh, cool to see. Uh, watch, the, watch the opening couple laps from there. You don't really understand the amount of speed they carry into that turn one to just walk up the brakes. Uh, um, all of it. Yeah, so it was interesting to see. And then we wandered around the whole entire racetrack for quite a while where we ended up parking ourselves for the last stage. Uh, right out of turn... I think it was 11 total. Ten, yeah, 10. Turn 10. Yeah, that makes sense because there's a turn 10 terrace right next to us. Um and that was a nice spot to watch the race. You could see him coming around the little fucking turn nine, I guess. Uh, and, uh Yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, coming down the, the the straight chute there and then taking that left-hand turn, and you, and you see them take the right-hand turn eventually, and then you hear the crowd go nuts down the front chute. And it was, it was quite the trip. Um, we, had, we had a good time at, at Watkins Glen. Daddy was not happy until about stage three, I think, and then he ended up uh, having a good time after that. But, yeah, we uh, made the most of it. Uh, didn't definitely didn't have a bad time. We didn't have a camper, but that's fine. We didn't need one this weekend. Um, did get our garage pass or at loud apparently. Um, and yeah, we were able to. We, we wandered around pit road. We basically, saw every driver getting out of their car and walking back to their trailer, and just we're just we were just also there. Um, <laughs> and uh, walked by Victory Lane. We we're like five feet from watching Kyle Larson do cool shit. I don't think Caitlin was there. We were trying to watch her shotgun, but that's fine. And, uh, yeah, it's all in all was, was a fun day where there was like 60% chance of rain Saturday and Sunday. We got none of that. So that's good. And, uh, yeah, we ended up jetting back, uh, to Sean's house last night where uh, I ended up spending the night, woke up early this morning and I Irish good- goodbye and, uh, told my boss I'd be at work at noon. I ended up rolling it at 10 15. So oh, that's not bad. Yeah. It was a little early. Um, but yeah, it was, uh. Good trip. Glad to glad to be home. Um, I love a road trip. I don't hate. I I'm in literally like I don't. I know that maybe other people have. I don't know families or lives, friends or things to yeah. do uh, usually. But if someone was to like just come up to me and be like, "Hey, do you want to go to Charlotte tomorrow?" I'd be like, well, "Let me see." Uh, well, I got four sick days left for the. Yeah, I'll go to Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, sure. If yeah. I can, what, what, do you want to leave right now? Yeah. Like, yeah right, cool yeah let's go no um, I, I love road trips it just this past weekend it i i forgotten i had already a prior obligation with the the um summer fest there at wiscasset so that kind of held me back or else i would have loved to have gone i i love what uh Watkins Glen. i love all those things i still have yet to go to jennerstown so we'll, we'll have to make a, a dual trip out there one of these times yeah it would be cool uh, to see the uh monteford tour out there or i'd like to go to that cars tour race where you win like twenty thousand dollars at some point do, do that next year or something yeah. make make a plan for that but yeah it was quite the trip um yeah it was probably i would say it was better than expected you can't you can't drive seven hours and then watch like albert francis win the race i don't know who exactly yeah well i mean like if 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 Corey or gabe or mike would have won that would have been like a, it's just right. wild how bad for short track racing we are where the two of us went to six racetracks in three days you know, it's a, it's a, it's We're a just, tough, it's a tough j- g- j- gig, j- job. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough jig, but someone's got to do it. You get it. Yeah. Now, um, 
Well, no, I we, wish that we had more drunk stories to talk about. But. Well, no, apparently, see, that's the problem. We we either, we talk about the party, we get yelled at that we didn't talk about the racing. We talk about the racing, we yelled at we didn't talk about the party. So, well, our, um, our good friend Brandon Marhefka's uh, brother there that doesn't race, I believe, gave him a couple stickers, and uh, he said that he loves hearing the drunk stories. So yeah. that's that's chalk chalk that up as a as someone that probably still listens to our show. Yeah, the, the people that probably tuned out yeah. don't like our drinking stories. So well, that's all right. Maybe we'll There's go. literally like two million podcasts on the planet. There's plenty of options. Maybe we'll go um, celibate or whatever. Nah, whatever. Um, yeah. No. Uh, so that that that's a bit of a recap on our weekends there. Um, looking forward to this weekend. Um, I believe Saturday. Uh, we're gonna be or I I'm gonna be at Beechridge Motor Speedway for the Granite State Pro Stock Series 150, where we will make a return with the Hudson Speedway chasing the Checker Pontiac Grand Prix. Um, where we will try to lay down another 150 laps and uh, hopefully just do better than we did last time. I believe we're 14th or something like that on the lead lap. Um, surprised ourselves a little bit that we were on the lead lap and did, did as well as we did, so just looking to improve on that. Um, again, a uh, couple days away, but uh, last chance for anybody who wants to hop on board. Uh, we got all sorts of blank spots all over the race car to uh, you know buy tires, fuel, whatever it may be, and uh, try to help promote you as much as you want to help promote us. So uh, we love all you guys, and this is episode 126. But you got some, uh... yeah. So we we did a, a, a website. Our website is up and running, by the way. If anyone wants to order merchandise, and the Patreon subscribers do have a code out on Patreon, so they can go and find that to get their 20% off. Uh, the website is for pre-orders only. It says it uh, specifically on the website. So if you order it, it should be there within a month um, mm-hmm. because it gives us time. Like we we. It's hard for us to just be like, hey, Steve and Jess, we have one small sweatshirt that was ordered, um, and we need that today. Um, so they have to order it and then make it, and they usually wait. Rather than order one item, they wait until they have a lot of items to order together, which gives them a couple, a week, week and a half, two weeks, whatever. Makes it easier on them, makes it easier on us. Um, I have a bunch of shit that I have to go ship out uh, within the next couple of days. But for sharing our website, we uh, did do a sweatshirt giveaway. So someone's going to get a free sweatshirt. Um, and uh, there's, there's, uh, there was upwards of 16, 17 people that shared it. So someone's going to have a 1 in oh. 17 chance of of getting sure of getting a sweatshirt so charlie got a name there and it looks like it's going to be Derek b Derek black Derek black Derek black from windham maine now resides somewhere down in north carolina uh good for him yeah so i'll be in contact with him we'll get him a free sweatshirt get him hooked up there and uh yeah go over mer- go buy some merch yeah uh, guys it, it, you know i had a i had a little carhartt bag that i had bringing around to uh um, it was at Bart, or it wasn't at Bartlett, but it was at uh, Beach Ridge with me, and I da- I damn near sold out of what was in the bag. I have, I think, I have two XL shirts left. So, uh, thank you to everybody who uh, you know buys the merch and represents us. We love to see it. We love to see you guys uh, flaunting BFP on your titties. And uh, uh, no, it's a like I said, this just gets bigger and bigger every week, and it, it's cool. And uh, I think we're gonna fall into a little groove here where we're gonna see you next Tuesday. Um, from here on out and uh, thank you for sticking with us thank you for adjusting with us here it's going to make our lives a lot easier and it's hopefully going to reflect and make some uh, better content for you guys as well too so uh, that being said this is going to be the first half of our show basically uh, where the second half we got to catch up with our good pal for the third time on our program uh, Derek Griffith who's fresh off a $10,000 to win uh, check and race from Jennerstown where he got the uh, motor, motor, motor Mountain Masters uh, jacket and trophy and big check and all that stuff. So we caught up with him. We talked about the his weekend at Jennerstown and his uh, his what he's got to look forward to with Kyle Busch Motorsports and his truck ride at uh, uh, you get it. What am I thinking of? At Gateway. Gateway. That's weeks. it. Uh, at Gateway and uh, 
Um, basically just his future plans and what he has to look forward to and what we have to look forward to to watch on the couch. So uh, everybody sit back, relax, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Hopefully we're going to make your Tuesday suck less now uh, and just uh, listen to what we had to talk about with Derek. All right, boys and girls. So uh, uh, we a special guest here this week, third time on the show. So we're having a bit of a repeat guest, uh, guest appearances here, which I'm sure people like. Uh, nobody hates this guy. Everybody seems to love you. Uh, we know that we love you. And uh, we also know that you're rich, so it sounds like you're buying us beers this week. So congrats on 10000 this week to win this past weekend. Uh, what's up, Derek Griffith? Good to be on and uh, not too much. I love uh, I love that. It only cost us 12000 to win that 10000 <laughs> so. Yeah, people don't understand that most of the time. That's my favorite. Either you always hear how much, how well you did that year. You remember that year you won that couple $10,000 races? It's like, yeah, yeah, I do. And it, it uh broke even for two weeks it was awesome <laughs> with, with the amount of ten thousand dollar checks you won you ever think about changing your number to the 10g or is not yet or 10k <laughs> yeah just the 10k pretty good oh, idea what a, what a fucking move that would have been if you just like showed up always the 12g roll out as the 10k for jenner down <laughs> everybody's just like, wait a minute <laughs> yeah wait a minute this guy's playing us <laughs> yeah no uh no so walk us through that man i mean jenner's town it's a uh, Seems like a pretty rowdy place. Bradley, apparently it's his home track these days. Yeah. Uh, it's only been like three or four times, but uh, you never really seem to suck there. And uh, now you bring a Red- Rudolph Red Nose race car to victory lane there. So walk us through, walk us through Jennerstown, man. Yeah. We, you know, we, we went last year and we were good last year. We just weren't like, you know, on the money. So we ran pretty good last year, top three and um, kind of got roughed up there towards the end of the race by Huskarna. Uh, hockey puck yeah you know Um, Husqvarna yeah (laughs) yeah. no but it was a we had like three or four green white checkers and just the last one just kind of got run through and uh and finished like fifth or something but I had nothing for Hopkins or or even really Albert Francis Albert Francis was a lot better than I was uh, but he uh, took out a lap car or something happened with him so um and then we go uh you know after that I was like man what what did we miss on um, and we go there this year for the cars tour race and we are like haul mail, uh, like the car is really good. Um, and it's like four to go chasing down Sammy Smith for the lead. And we get another yellow after we had had, I don't know, 10 yellows the entire race. And, uh, my transmission wasn't shifting into high gear without using the clutch, but he was killing me on these restarts. So I'm like, I, I gotta like just manhandle this thing into high gear because, I'm, he's going to kill me. It's four laps to go. I'm going to get run over again. And uh, I go to manhandle it in the gear and it does not go into gear and just breaks the transmission. So that was fantastic. Uh, that was for 20,000. So I would have been double rich. Uh, that time. <laughs> yeah. uh, tra- transmissions are pretty cheap too. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Even if I won the 20,000, it would have been, uh, you know, $3,500 to rebuild. So that's, that's fun. A little bit, a little bit better um, than breaking even though with that check. Yeah, exactly. It would, would have been nice to start the big check tour with the, the biggest check of the well, I guess the biggest check's coming in a couple weeks, but that would have been yeah. that nice. Uh yeah. So instead of getting twenty thousand, I broke a transmission and tore the whole nose off and broke and uh poked a hole in the radiator. And yeah, we broke uh both fenders. So yeah, it was a pretty good one. Um and then uh yeah, so after there I was just a little disappointed. Uh, Cause I think we had a, we definitely had a top three car. We probably had a car that could have won. We played our strategy, right? So it kind of like came into Jennerstown, like thinking that kind of owed, not owed us one, but 
man, we were like, we have had two pretty good runs and one really, really good run, really. But um, so we come in and just do stuff that we normally wouldn't have done to the race car. Like we tried to tighten that thing up the entire time we were there. Um, and it just wasn't working the way it was, uh, where every other racetrack works, um, in a much different way than Jennerstown does for some reason. So we ended up making a very odd change that was just like a switch. And from there on out, we were two tenths faster than pretty much everyone the entire weekend. So, um, yeah, we stuck with that, kept, kept going that direction and it paid off. I didn't have a good long run car like some of the other guys did, but man, it'd fire off like really like two or three tenths better than pretty much everyone around me on a restart. So it gave me enough time to get some uh, distance on people and keep them away from me, but it was, it was a damn good race. So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, so you talk about just like the kind of the mindset and the the different changes and stuff that you make for, for a Jennerstown and, and things like that, where, so typically you're, you're up in the Northeast, you're doing the Hudson's, you're doing the, you know, the, the Claremont's and the, the Oxford's of the world and things like that. And you're for the most part running against the same people or the same, you know, handful of guys between different series and things like that. So what's the mindset like going to a Jennerstown or even like a snowball derby, something like that, where, you know, you're going to be racing against guys that you don't typically race with. And, and how does that kind of change your weekend with not only making changes to the race cars and doing things that you don't typically do, but, uh, maybe not necessarily knowing who you're around the whole time. Yeah. It's always tough to race with people you don't really know. Um, because I, as you know, I mean, you race with the same people for a year, you kind of know their habits, you know, that one guy is a bottom feeder and he's not going to give it up for no matter who's around him, no matter if you're underneath them or not, he's not giving up the bottom. Um, and then there's same people who, you know, you try to go around cleanly and there's just no way around them without them laying some sort of fender or tiring you. So you have to make it a one lap pass, like, you know, get in there, do what you have to do and move. Um, when you get racing with people you don't know, it, it turns into kind of like a gamble. You know, you don't, you don't know where you're going to be at. You don't know what they're going to do. Um, so you try to treat them the best you can, you know, start off, uh, as clean as they race you is how you're going to race them. Um, and you know, another thing too, is like, and you're not used to racing with the same people and over and over, you're not sure on what they're going to do in the race. Um, as far as like changes, like, you know, racing with, uh, Cole Butcher and Donnie Wilson a little bit there. Um, it was interesting to see how good he was in the long run, but he just kind of missed on speed, uh, quite a bit. And, um, you know, I mean, those guys are kind of the best, best in the business right now. And that's what that is. It's a business. It's not really just, just for fun. Like a lot of us race. So, um, going into that for that mindset, it's, uh, it's, you know, you're going against those guys, no matter what. Um, so the, the paid guys are, are the guys who you're gunning for. Um, and it's kind of cool to be a, a little team to be the guy that is getting gunned for by them. Um, so just like I said, really kind of learning everyone on what they do is, is the most difficult thing because it's like a race. People don't realize racing is like a chess game, you know, like the right, timing the right move what where you are on the racetrack and how your line is and how hard you're going and when you take your tires and i mean people just forget on how much strategy there is in this stuff so that's another big thing too you don't know everyone's strategy but um going in it's uh it's always interesting to race with new people it was it was weird uh driving 10 11 hours away from home you know you used watching race at Oxford and Beechridge and stuff like that, but still seeing all the guys from like up this way that you usually see competing at Oxford, just not dick stomp in the field. But I mean, aside from Albert Francis, it was really, it was you, Eddie Mack, it was Cole Butcher. 
Mike Hopkins was up there for a while, Gabe Brown, Corey Casagrande, and again, Albert Francis, who's a local there. I think he was like the champion last year or whatever, maybe the point leader. But uh, it was interesting to see all, all the, the guys that were accustomed to seeing it at an Oxford go down to Jennerstown and have success like that. Yeah, for sure. It seems like that race has kind of been dominated by people who um, really are from the Northeast. I mean, the first race was won by a local. And since then, um, they, they, I think every single one of them has been won by a Northeaster. I think it was Todd Stone, Mike Hopkins, and then, you know, me. So, um, and then as you see, like the, it seems like the New Englanders kind of go down there and, and get the job done. So it's, it's pretty cool to, to see how strong the New England is, is at least pro stock racing. Well, I, so kind of touching on that a little bit, I feel like for a while, the Northeast has had kind of the connotation of being behind and, you know, technology or whatever, but you know, you have guys like yourself or, um, you know, even Ben Rowe back in the day going down to Hickory and like, you know, winning races or going down South and doing well, compared to, you know, local Southern competition, what do you think it is that the Northeast guys bring to these, you know, these, uh, you know, these crossover races, like you had at Jennerstown or anywhere else that maybe, maybe the local guys don't have that have been there the whole time. That's hard to say. I, I think what the biggest thing is about the Northeast, they, I don't think the Northeast gets enough credit for the amount of work that they put in for their own race cars. Um, you know, it seems to be, uh, I mean, you have the Donnie Wilsons and the um, Wimmer Motorsports and all those guys. Uh, I mean, there's there's plenty of those teams that are rental rides, and that's who usually dominates the South. I mean, they have the amount of money um, and everything uh, that to get it done, um, whether it's by rental or by sponsor or whatever. You know, they're in that position, which is fantastic. But it seems like the guys who do good up here in the Northeast are kind of like hard-nosed racers. They're like the old-school guys. Um, and I don't know if they just like bringing that like grit into the racing world is a good thing or, um, it's not, I mean, that's for everyone else to decide, but it seems like a lot of the people have a really good understanding on a racetrack to racetrack basis on what they have to do to their own car to, to, to get better. You know, um, I mean, up here in the Northeast, everything's rough quarter mile bull ring, you know, bouncing around and, and it's a, it's a tough place to race up here. Whereas it seems like down South. A lot of the stuff is smooth and, you know, uh, plenty of power um, and, and you can use it too. So it, maybe just the two uh, racing types kind of collide. And uh, it seems like the Northeast, I think it's, I don't think it's ever really been behind. It's probably just out of the spotlight a little bit more than the rest of the, the world. Go, going off of the hard nose, like old school racer type. I thought it was so cool that your crew was literally just your dad and Louie and Dolly obviously <laughs> up there spotting. But then you got all these guys with like tractor trailer trucks fucking coming in with all these crew guys dressed in, in polos, tucked in with their, you know, their belts on and shit. And it was literally just two guys on pit road. And it was just it yeah. was funny to see you come in as the leader and, and all these crews just go and tackle this car, tackle this project. And then Louie and your dad just just over there fucking wrenching, uh, like doing two things at once. Like it was funny. We we're talking after. And I think your dad was saying how, like, there was a couple guys that came over to help. And, like, he's like, look, I'm super appreciative. Like, I really appreciate you guys coming to help. But, like, if something gets fucked up, I'm going to kill one of you guys. So, like, <laughs> I'd, rather just, I'd rather just do it myself because I know it's going to get done right. And I just thought that was so cool that, like, you know, he said that. And obviously, it's one thing when, when you know, people are willing to help. It's cool because, you know, especially in this this day and age, there's not many people that are out there looking to be helpful i guess it's now hiring in every single store you walk into uh, let alone on a race team so 
uh, it was just cool to see that those two guys get it done on pit road for you. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I, uh, I was giving him, I was giving him shit on, on, uh, on the racetrack. I looked over and Louie was sitting in the chair after one of the pit stops. He had his like headset all crooked. It looked like his pants were falling down. I'm like, I'm like, you guys look like a couple of donks. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to watch him hobble around the car and kind of get stuff done. And, um, you know, one, we were having a little bit of issues with our power steering and, um, from from really right off the bat, and I never really talked about it, but I, it just wasn't acting right. And uh, I'm like, hey guys, we got to check that power steering level because I think it's super low. And it ended up being the fluid was just smoked. But like, I mean, he got to check it with like 30 seconds left in our five minute break, and I'm like, everyone else is done and on the racetrack or getting ready to go on the racetrack, and these two old geezers are underneath the hood checking the power steering fluid. I'm like, Jesus, this is awesome. Like it's 1980 all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're yelling at each other. They're people yelling at me. They forget they have a headset on, so they're like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's cool you to see. Talk to each other. It's not hard. <laughs> yeah, right. So no, it's cool. Uh, it's cool. I'm lucky to have that group. You know, Louis doesn't get enough credit for I think for how smart he is. Uh, he's a really, really smart dude. And, um, you know, it's another thing too is like i mean where where else uh in in any sort of like motorsports do you get to spend as, as much time with family as you do i mean like i go every weekend with with my with my dad and dolly and louie i mean it's 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 a family sport it's really a through and through family sport so um it, it's cool to go every weekend with uh with everyone and, and i mean you know my sister i she's a you know 21 year old girl uh she probably doesn't want to be hanging out with people like her parents or her brother too often but it nor in a normal sense and you know she wants to uh, come to the races and hang out and stuff so it's cool to see our little team uh you know kind of get along well and do everything we do Sit, sitting up in the stands there the last i don't know 20 laps when eddie mack was chasing it down i was damn sure that cassidy was having a seizure next to me it was <laughs> if, if there's something that we can confirm is that your sister certainly does love you very much because uh we're we're sitting with your whole clan there at daytona and you're leading the race and she's crying like a little school girl and then you you get all crossed up and squirrely and she wants to kill everybody and she starts throwing shit and really, okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's back her down a little bit. Uh, no, uh, no, it's, it's cool that you guys are so close to that. I think that a lot of racers can relate to, uh, you know, it's a, it's a family affair. It always has been. That's, you know, other than that, what kind of like, what's the point, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. the fact that you guys do it and do it right that way, it's, it's very cool, but touching on the fact that you guys are just a handful of you, um, you know, typically you're doing, you know, Hudson's, you're doing the Claremont's, which it's, it's, you can spit on it from your house. Um, so what's the preparation like, uh, with only the, the handful of you to go to, you know, a Jennerstown or, um, you know, the snowball derby, things like that compared to these local races, you know, what is it that you guys are doing different throughout the week? And what are you doing different as a driver to maybe either mentally prepare or, uh, kind of get ready for those bigger, you know, bigger shows? It's funny because um, I, I think people get worried about traveling more than anything. Like they think that just because they're going they're going to go out of state or out of the region that they have to do more. And um, I mean, honestly, we kind of prepare the car the same, no matter if we're going to the Snowball Derby or if I'm going to go run a 50 lapper at Oktoberfest at Lee. Um, I mean, we take we then again, I mean, we take a lot of pride in making sure everything is like, there's nothing that's close enough. It's either right or wrong. Like there is no, you know, every week we go over the scales where one pound heavy right on the dot on our left percentage. Like, I mean, everything is 
there. Um, and, and I think we go into every race with that mindset, um, which I think is, is a good, really good thing for us. Uh, not a lot of people like to work on their stuff that much, but it could go either way. Um, and then as far as like mentally preparing, I'd say the, the biggest thing is just trying to get yourself comfortable with what you have to do because every racetrack is different whether you go to new smyrna or oxford although they're two very different racetracks you kind of got to go into it with the mindset of learning and getting comfortable with what you have to do um whether that be uh you having to go have a practice day or even take a little bit of extra time in practice to like get out of the car and watch uh, we watch a lot um every berlin and jennerstown my first times I love to get out of the car and just watch, just see, you know, you don't have to run every single practice. You don't have to put a million laps on, get the car to kind of drive. Okay. And then take it all in. And, um, and that's, that's helps me a lot. It helps me a real lot. Cause I can kind of see where people are on the racetrack and know whether where they're positioned and where I'm at, if, if I'm going to be okay. Um, so that's, that's huge for me at least. So, so where does that, <clears throat> So where does that type of preparation or um, that mindset differ while you're doing, you know, super late model things up and down the East coast or you're going to Pennsylvania or whatever, how does that differ from your own program when you then have to transfer to like an ARCA deal or something like that, where you are a little bit inherently, you're going to be more hands off because at that point you're more or less just, you're the monkey behind the wheel. Um, does that mess with you at all? Not being as involved or do you want to be more involved or does that give you more opportunity to kind of reflect on what you need to do on track and what, you know, behind the wheel? Um, you know what it, it, the, the differences are like drastic really. Um, I think with how well, I mean, I've worked with Louie for, for 11 years now or 10 years now. So like we get off, I get off the racetrack and, and, he sees what the car is doing and I feel what the car is doing. We come off and know what we need to change. I've touched every single bolt and every car I've ever had and, and really gotten down to it. Um, and, and I think that helps because I like visualize the change. Like I, I can see what he does for it to change how it's going to drive. And I think that helps me a lot. Whereas like, not that they don't tell me what they're doing, but like, I've never, done anything with an ARCA car you know I, I get an idea on how it works with the truck arms and um, you know the radials and all that stuff but it, it's not the same as as really laying into what it does and I think I would be a lot better off if I could um, like kind of get my hands on it but it, it's so tough to you know those guys that do that stuff that they each have their own job like I was at KVM and I was talking to a guy he's like I'm the brake guy like he works on brakes that's it and, you know, then I go to the fab shop and the guy builds just front clips. And then the guy who builds just the center sections and the guy who builds just the bumpers, you know, I mean, it's, it's very uh, divided up versus there isn't one guy who can kind of do everything. Um, so I don't know if that, I think it does affect me because I, I don't, I can't, it's not the same program like you had said. So it's, it's a little bit difficult. Um, to do that, especially working with all these people I don't know. Not that I never don't get along with someone. Like I, I try to get along with everyone. I usually do. And um, it's just, but you know, you don't know what, what my four out of 10 tight might be different than his four out of 10 tight. So, you know, we base changes on, on how I feel and, and 
Louis kind of knows how I feel before I tell him how I feel. So I think that's why we work so well together versus, you know, swapping crew chiefs around every week and meeting new people. I mean, like you never get into a rhythm, you know? So it's unfortunate that I haven't been able to get like a real full season underneath me. Cause I think if I got to work with the same person for a full season and really got some laps in, I think it'd be great, but it's hard to kind of just mosey my way in and, and have no test days, no practice, no nothing. And just be like, okay, I think the car's loose, but I haven't driven a car at 180 miles an hour in a year. So I have no idea. Right. Um, so, so you touched on it a little bit. You, I mean, you've, um, I mean, you've been involved with uh, Hudson Speedway and, and Ben Basowski for a long time. I, I very, very recently have been able to, uh, um, you know, enjoy Ben and, and everything that he does yeah. for, the, for the local racers and things like that. But um, you know, it seems as though he's stepped up in a big way recently. Um, and you now not only get to transition from super late models to ARCA, but now you're going to be able to dabble in, uh, being able to be one of the people who have driven the 51 truck for Kyle Busch. So how does that all come about? And, um, you know, how, again, going off of the whole preparation talk, what's it going to be like for you to kind of mentally prepare to go all of the fast and a fucking pickup truck at gateway? You know, I, uh, it's. I wish I could explain the story in its entirety, but it's like, I'd be here for two hours. So I couldn't do that in its entirety, but it's, yeah, we got plenty of time. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild. So I talked to Dolly's really good friends with Tony Hirschman. I've known Tony, Her Tony Hirschman a long time, you know, watching Matt race forever. And then Tony's been around just, he's just been around. That's how we know him. Um, such an awesome guy. He, he always keeps up with racing. He watches in speed weeks, he spots, um, so it, it kind of stemmed from him. I got a text from him saying, Hey, here's the deal. I know you don't have much going on with the other stuff this year, the ARCA stuff and all that. Um, I know Kyle has an opening for the 51 truck at gateway. Here's his number. Here is Jack Irving's number from Toyota. Call them and see what you have to do. I'm like, okay, I just got Kyle Bush's number. That's not something to take lightly by any means. So, um, I called, Kyle first, but he has like some answering thing to like say who you are and then he'll call you back. So he didn't answer right away. Um, then I called Jack from Toyota and, uh, in, which is TRD USA, the whole deal that like all the Toyota guys get up through is through him. Um, so I call him and I'm like, Hey Jack, I, I got your number from Tony Hirschman. He told me to give you a call and asked, um, me to ask you what I need to, to do for a gateway. What, what do I get to come up with? What do I got to do? Um, what can you guys do? And like, let's figure this out. So he's like, okay, here's a deal. It's X amount of dollars. Um, and if you can't come up with that, come up with the most you can, and then we will uh, do what we can to come up with the rest. I'm like, awesome. So Toyota wants to work with me a little bit, which um, is fantastic. If they want to do one race or a hundred races. It doesn't matter to me as long as they're doing something. Um, so I, Kyle calls me back a little bit later and was like talking about super late model racing and all that other stuff. We, you know, we shot the shit for, I actually screenshot him the phone call cause I didn't believe it. We, I mean, we talked for 20 minutes. Um, he's like, I'd love to get you in the car. You'll be fine. He said, uh, you'll be fine at gateway as long as you don't do anything stupid. So that was his advice. Just don't do anything stupid. So, um, he's like, you've been running, you run it loud and you're fine. Um, so I like, you know, here I am. I mean, this amount of money is, is, uh, astronomical, like is the best way to put it. Like we could race for an entire year plus some for this sum of money. Um, so I'm, you know, just stewing in my head. So I contact spot on 
fantastic people. They're like, we're kind of maxed out this year. We can't do anything. It's too late. I'm like, okay, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm going to do everything I can to get this. And they're like, we totally get it. Whatever you got to do. Um, so I contact a few of my friends uh, that are, you know, business savvy. I said, Hey, any connects, anyone that wants to do something, just let me know. I'll, I got a marketing deck. I'll do everything um, I need to do to get it done. And uh, I talked to Ben, you know, Ben's a, a pretty good business guy in the area owns some properties and does some other things. And um, I'm like, Ben, what do you think about like having a new England racetrack sponsored truck um, to go to gateway? Like, you know, cause he's involved with Claremont and a little bit with league. And, you know, I didn't know if um, star speedo would be interested or um, you know, any, any really new England, I'd, I'd contact every single one I possibly could um, to, to put in just divvied up amounts and I can figure out what I can do to get the rest and he's like, yeah, let me ask around. Let me see what I can do. So I shoot the shit with him a little bit. He leaves. A week goes by. I think, you know, I'm kind of running out of time. It's it's probably closed up. It's not going to happen. Um, but it was cool to get the opportunity to even just get the opportunity to go. Um, and uh, so I come in on a Monday morning, uh, 8 o'clock here. I'm actually at my shop now. But I come in at 8 o'clock on a Monday morning and like 8, 10 rolls in and Ben strolls up in his 1999 Tacoma pickup truck with 250,000 miles. And he, and he just swings the door open and he's like, here's the deal. I can come up with this much. It's got to say Hudson Speedway on the whole side of the truck on the, on the truck. I'm like, what What the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> like it's eight o'clock in the morning and I haven't talked to you in a week. What do you mean? He's like, just let me know what I you know if they can do it for this. And we'll take it from there. So I called Jack up immediately. I'm like, Jack, I know it's Monday morning. You just came back from, I think they were at like Coda or something that weekend. Um, I'm like, but I have a sponsor for the race. He can come up with X amount. It was probably about 55, like 60% of what it was supposed to be. And um, he's like, okay, uh, I'll give you a call back at the end of the week. So I literally for like three days, I'm like, no sleep. <laughs> sweating like pacing like don't know what the fuck to do like losing my mind. <laughs> you're, you're, like, like, you're like cassidy at the end of the race this weekend yeah, yeah i look like cassidy <laughs> so i'm like sweating bullets uh having a seizure for four days straight and uh so jack calls me back and he's like so here's the deal jbl is going to be your other primary sponsor we can do it i'm like holy shit like did this really just happen like that and and he's like okay, like, let me know when you want to come down, get fitted for the seat. We'll get you on the SIM, Toyota SIM, the actual TRD SIM. Um, well, this, like, is, this is like bang, 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 bang. What's this all Yeah, happened? so yeah. two weeks ago, I went, I went down to North Carolina, actually right after Janerstown because my transmission broke, so I brought it with me um, and all that other stuff. Uh, you know, I, I went down there. I got to go to KBM, and I've been there before, but I've been only on the other side of the glass. I've never been able to go around and see everything. So I was like, I fucking made it. I've been around the other side of the glass, but um, it was cool because Paul Andrews is now the, sh the floor manager there. So he was one of my crew chiefs last year with Chad. Um, so I got to see him. He's so excited. Um, got to meet everyone over at KBM, got to see the truck um, and there uh, got, gave me the SIM time and everything. I mean, I will say they are really giving me the best shot I can at it. I'm working with Marty Lindley, um, he, I'm in the 51 truck. I'm in the truck that Kyle ran at Richmond. I think he finished second or third there. Um, I mean, like they're doing everything they can to make sure I am comfortable and I got everything I got, um, 
to win, you know, or, or have my best shot at winning minus practice, which is what it is. But um, so, I mean, that's kind of how the deal came about. It all stemmed from Tony and then went to Jack and Kyle and then stemmed from them to Ben and then Ben came back and then Toyota hopped in and it just kind of uh, a lot of people have helped me for this. So it's, it's amazing that uh, I'm getting the opportunity and I don't think I'll ever be able to live it down by any means uh, that the amount of uh, help and that I've had to try to get me into a spot where I can like really do this, you know? So it's pretty amazing. I got to thank Ben. He was here just a few hours ago. <laughs> he comes in all the time and shoots the shit with me. And uh, what an awesome dude. Um, amazing to go racing for the uh, racetrack. I started racing at when I was 12 years old and now I'm going to be carrying it on a side of a KBM truck at on FS one on a Friday night, like against the people I've watched racing, you know, um, for, for years now. I mean, it's, it's, very humbling to to get it for sure. I I know for a fact that we'll probably have at least two of those diecasts if they ever are made. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so uh, we actually reached. Well, I actually reached out to the the guy that like runs Plan B sales just to see. I was like, hey, just curious, asking for friends, uh, a lot of them, uh, all of our listeners. Uh, what does it take to get a Derek Griffith diecast made? And I was like, have you heard anything about it? And he said that uh, he's like, I haven't heard if it's going to be offered yet, but basically the amount, the quantity that's needed to be able to manufacture it from Lionel is 500. And I was oh, like, we oh, can do that. I was like, Charlie and I might do that by ourselves. Uh, <laughs> I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure, sure Ben might want one. I don't know, maybe Dolly and, and Cassie or dad, Louie, you know, I, We're up I know five. I'd put a whole bunch of them everywhere. I'd be like, I'd stop them all over the place just to remind myself of, of the, of like, amazing opportunity so i mean it would be pretty damn cool to get a die cast well, how do we do that do just, we do we say we have x amount of people that want it no i don't know so so usually we'll have to what, call him basically we know the guy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out and we'll we'll uh we'll get back to you but yeah there'll be some uh pretty expensive paperweights but i'm sure that yeah. every every time you have a stack of papers you'll have one a different <laughs> one yeah <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think that I think we can all say or speak for everybody in the region that way. We're all very proud of you. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that we we can race with or, or spotlight in this area that, uh, you know, that maybe they have the talent or maybe they have the money or whatever. But you you quite literally are the full package in terms of marketability. You, know, you, you have the opportunities. And you're hard to hate. No, nobody. Like, I've never heard a bad thing about Derek Griffith. So. Um, you know, I think we're all going to be pumped to, you know, uh, to watch you on TV and, and, you know, like you said, your name's going to be on the ticker on FS1 across the top of the board there. So, um, you know, that being said, looking forward, what, what are the weeks coming up for Derek Griffith going to look like? I mean, you still got, you still got super late model in the brain, but like that's the truck's got to be in the back of your head there somewhere. So, so what's your day to day, like leading up to, you know, the, the following events that you're going to be doing? For sure. And thank you. I appreciate it for sure. You know, I mean, it means a lot for, from coming from you guys, my buddies really were, uh, I appreciate it a lot, but, um, the, the week day to day, week to week life for the next couple of weeks is probably going to be lack of sleep, uh, high amounts of stress, um, probably yelling at my uh, employees a lot. Um, you know, the, the usual stressed out things. Uh, no, I, as far as racing goes, I think we're going to kind of scale it back. We're not going to run to Oxford this weekend. We like we planned, um, not just because there's there's a few reasons. Mostly because we're not we're, our car's not going to be quite ready on how I want it set up for Oxford. Um, we have a couple things that we have to 
get together and uh, we'd rather be 110 percent for the 250 um and then uh next week i am actually going to go down to uh kvm again and um, they are allowing me to run some more sim time which is going to really help me a lot um that thing is like amazing like i've never been into i've never been in anything that much money and then also that much um like that technology how amazing the trd usa is like uh, not even just for circle track racing like some of the other stuff they had in there was just like absolutely mind-blowing um so that was really cool to do that so i'll get some more sim time on the 17th and then um awesome enough like i said i mean they're really they're really accommodating me like they the best they can um and they said if i come down the 17th i can stay um, until the 20th where I can fly out with them on, on the plane and then they'll fly me back on the same day. So they fly out Saturday, fly in Saturday. I mean, I fly out Friday, fly in Friday. Um, so I'm like, wow. I mean, you know, like you can tell a lot of the people in this industry, they don't really care about you. And I can tell already that these people, they want, they are giving me the best I can get and they, they care, you know, they're, they're being pretty cool about stuff. Um, have been really cool about stuff. So I'm extremely lucky to get that. You know, I, I tried to do some other deals with some other people and it was just very amazing on how uh, it turned into less about the person and more about the money um, and less about winning and less about, um, I mean, really anything other than the money. So it, it, it's kind of refreshing to, to get into a team that not only, I mean, yeah, they're obviously a business and they need to make money and that's totally understood, but you know, they, they're, there because they like racing and they want to win races more than anything. Um, they, it seems like they would be willing to do what they could do. If it costs more, it doesn't matter if they can win the race. Um, so that's huge for me. And, uh, so I'll be back down there in North Carolina and, uh, I actually got to meet some pretty cool people. I was down there. Joe Nemechek was at Magnus, which was like, I talked to him for like 10 minutes. I didn't even realize who he was. And then he finally was like, Hey, what's your name? told him my name. And he said, Joe Nemechek. Nice to meet you. And I was like, holy shit. I just was talking to Joe Nemechek for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and then uh, we went and hung out and had some burgers at a, at a local place with some friends and turn around. Kyle Larson's just sitting behind us with his family. I'm like, this, this place is awesome. What, what am I doing? What I, I got to get down here and, and do this, you know, rather than uh, stuck up here. But it was, um, it was pretty cool to be down there. And I think the more we, uh, the more we do, um, this larger scale racing, the more we'll be down there at least. Since the last time we talked to you, you were the number one pick in the uh, speed 51 short track draft. Do you think that that had anything to do with you landing this, this KBM ride, or do you, do you anticipate that's going to open any more doors for you in the future? Yeah, I do. I, I think that was a pretty big driving point. Um, I, I don't think by any means it hurt, but the biggest thing I think um, with that draft is it seems like, everyone that ends up being on that number number one spot in the draft ends up getting a shot some way shape or form whether it's sponsored whether it's family owned money or whether someone actually gave them a real shot so um i don't know if i'm just following the footsteps of people in front of me or if i got lucky or or what but it definitely i think had a pretty big play uh in my you know forwarding of of uh the racing so we'll um we'll see if it continues and i think i can use it to my advantage for sure I'm sure that uh, if we don't somehow end up with an airline sponsor to get us down to Gateway, we're going to have quite the watch party to, to check you out on the, what is it, the 20, 21st? The 20th? 20th. 20th, yeah. 20th of August, Friday Friday night. And uh, 
And Charlie did say earlier that that the beers were on you, your big check, and you're breaking even this past weekend. We'll, we'll also take uh, Tito's juice. So that <laughs> the Tito's juice, man. I, I, so Charlie doesn't know what that is, what, and right is, off right off the that? bat, you think that that is Tito's vodka. Apparently, it's not. No. Yeah. So so there's a local guy down there that's a, a crew member of some car or something, and he makes this stuff, Tito. Tito yeah i assume his yeah his name's tito and it's it's <laughs> rugged it's rugged yeah to say the least it's damn good though like you can yeah. drink it so so it's friday night and we're on our way down from oh, i'm not on my way down yet but I, i've already started hearing stuff through through snapchat and text message about how i gotta try this tito's juice i'm like all right so we go over and, and uh derek was nice enough to make uh, holly and i's make-a-wish kids for the for the day down uh, at his pit pad so the whole entire day we're hanging out and derek goes oh late later tonight we're gonna you're gonna have to try some of this tito's juice i'm like all right sounds good so i'm looking forward to it i like tito's vodka you mix it with fucking anything and you know sounds good to me well i get over there and someone goes take a sip of this and i took a sip and i'm like what the fuck even is this and they're like well it's not tito's vodka i don't even know what it is but it's it's pretty good and it'll it'll sneak up on you so someone gives me a sip of it and then Mike Hopkins comes over and goes, hey, take, take a swig of this one. He's like, you like like Swedish fish or something? And I'm like, yeah, took a sip of it. Tastes just like juice, just regular juice. <laughs> and he's like, it's 10% alcohol. He's like, hey, hold on to it for a little bit. Take, take a couple more swigs. So I take like three more swigs of it. Derek comes over with like an orange flavor, tells me to take <laughs> a swig of it. And then all of a sudden Cassidy goes, hey, we have a cup for you full, full of Tito's juice. So I go over there and I grab a cup full of the shit. And like I took two like sips off the thing, and I just had to like stop and like reevaluate my life <laughs> and my surroundings. I was like, "Oh my Ooh. god, I still have a whole entire cup to finish of this shit." And it's like I'm actually I can tell that I'm gonna black out if I drink it too fast. So I had to like kind of sip on it for the rest of the night. But it was damn good shit. And and uh, Mike said that he was gonna have some at the two fifty. So um, I'm sure Charlie will be able to get get a chance to try some. But holy shit, yeah, I mean, <laughs> really good. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's that's I think the 250 is going to be an event for sure. Uh, what yeah. one last thing? So, you, like, like, we already talked about you didn't have well, at least not one last thing. We'll talk to you all night if, if you want, but uh, <laughs> like you said, you didn't have much, or like I said, you didn't have much of a crew down there. So, obviously, Dolly Cassidy and and Louie and your dad, and and uh, there was so I went over to give stickers over to Corey Casagrande. And he's putting a sticker on his B pillar and Zane Farrell's parking next to him. His whole crew's just kind of stand, like standing next to the car, looking at him, watching him put the sticker on the car. Well, we're not, we don't, we're not necessarily big. I would say we're, we're a small podcast, local regional show, but we have a lot of listeners and a lot of people that know who we are and we don't know who they are. And a lot of people will just slide into like their DMS and just be like, I want a t-shirt. And you're like, cool. They're like, come find us. And they're, they'll, they'll walk right up to you. Like they are your best friend and they know everything about you. Cause they do. Yeah. Um, and we don't know who they are. So basically long story short, Zane Farrell, I, the, the crew was watching Corey put the sticker on and all of a sudden later in the night, it's just Dolly, Holly and I standing at Derek's trailer. It's like right before everything, everything goes green and stuff. And some kid just walks straight up to me and goes, Hey man, I got to grab a shirt from there before, uh, before you sell out or whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. I was like, oh, do you want like a BFU one or, or Derek Griffith one? And he goes, ah, he just laughed. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, what, what do you that didn't answer the I'm question. Like, so I just assumed because he walked straight up to me and like most people know Dolly, like, because she's always around and, and, and she kind of runs the show on apparel, at least her and Cassie. And so I, I'm like, you want gray or black? And so I walk back to my backpack. I pull out a gray because he said he wanted an extra large. I give him the, the BFP one. And he holds it up and he just goes, no, no, I, I meant the one that you're wearing. 
And I'm like, oh, that was a little, that was a real humbling moment for me. I was, I was like, right, yeah, no, okay, um, that's fine. So I, I I had to go and climb up on uh, up, up top and grab an extra large for oh, you. So no. um, okay, we'll, take, we'll take commission in Tito's juice as oh, well. No. <laughs> but awesome. that was a that was a really yeah. It was, oh baby, no. Yeah. It was <laughs> like that. It's a good thing that I was drunk uh, ish, like at that point in the night, because it was like right before everything went green. And like, Jenner's down so cool because you can park in the infield. But like at that time, like I would have thought about that and just let it stew for the rest of the night. Like I had just <laughs> enough alcohol that I was just like, that's funny. It's just, it's funny shit. Cause yeah, he, who cares? he mentioned something afterwards. He was just like, yeah, everyone's going to end up coming down at the end of the night from the grandstands to buy shirts, you know? And I'm like, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know why I thought that people from Jennerstown, Pennsylvania would be coming down to buy BFP shirts, but he walked up to me like we were best friends. And that's usually what people do when they want merchandise from us. So that's awesome. that, was, that was definitely not my favorite part of the, the weekend, but uh, fuck so, it. so you're not racing. Are you racing this weekend? No, you just no. You're not doing no, anything. No racing for me. You, 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 wait, you're doing what? No, nothing. Not zero. zero. Why don't you come on out to Beatridge and watch me flip? Uh, uh, Hell, yeah. we'll have a we'll host you i'll have beers uh i'll, I'll try not to wreck so there's beers are good yeah beers don't suck and you know super late models are cool and mine might be upside down by the end of the night you never know yeah that that would be cool but not cool like it'd be cool as like a story later in your life but have you, ever flipped? you ever flipped no i was pretty close at daytona that was it well yeah, yeah. that, that would have been cool yeah <laughs> i know I'm, that's what i said i said <laughs> at least she destroyed the car. At least I could have been upside down, like at two hundred miles an hour. That would have been that would have been a story. That that would have been. Uh, that would have she been, destroyed the car. That would have been way better ROI for the sponsor. Would have been way better ROI for the sponsor too, because flip videos live forever. Just, yes. a, just a regular wreck, you know. Now people are gonna forget about that. That happens all the time. Yeah, nobody cares. Have Have the two of you made up yet? She never even apologized. Nothing. Never even contacted me oh. after the race. She don't she'll like an Instagram post. Well, she'll like an Instagram post from the time. I really don't think that she meant to do it, but it's hard because we went through a test day and practice, and she did the same thing to Drew and Corey like <laughs> four times. Like four times she smashed right into him in the corner, and it was like, Okay. Like, and it's not like it was just like, Oh, we just got a little free and, and caught up. It was like, no, like Drew is wrecking pretty much. And we all split four wide and like have to like get back into shape again and to get going. And, and like, it happened three times on the test day, which was like two, three weeks before it happened twice in practice the day of the race. And then it was like, like, how did you not know that was not going to happen? Like it hasn't worked any other time. Why was the, yeah. why was the 12th time going to be the charm? <laughs> yeah never yeah and it was just like man like I, I i figured i would have been you know like changing or or anything after the race was over or i would have got like an instagram message or text anything just saying like hey you know like totally didn't mean to do that and uh and it was like at least lie to you you know like yeah at least i, I would have felt better if it was like a, an unsincere apology because like at least i'd be like well maybe she was sincere about it i don't know S- but no, nothing. Why? Period. S S R R Y. Period. That's just what made you feel good about it. At least, at least you had it gathered up for a second there before she hit you a second time. Yeah. So that was like the seventh time. By then, it was the seventh time she had done it because she hit me and then didn't lift and then hit me and then blamed it on 
Drew or Corey. There was, was nobody behind her. Yeah. There was no one behind her. There, yeah. No, no. I don't <laughs> no know if you even know this, but when we were at a, a particular establishment um, in which we, we you, you, well, you know what I'm saying, uh, in Daytona <laughs> Beach. Yeah, we were we were at a we we're at a particular establishment that we resided to fairly close to down in Daytona Beach. We may or may not have been there every single night. People who know, they know. Uh, well, she was there, uh, and, and and she she literally walked up, introduced herself. And <laughs> Charlie, she walks up, <laughs> and we're all like, like she she was introducing herself. We're like, oh, like. Nice to meet you, whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm Brad. Charlie goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, just I think held, held nothing back. I don't even know if we like actually introduced ourselves. More of which she walked up, and I no, think the so first thing I said to her was, "We're big Derek Griffith fans yeah. up here." And then Charlie just goes, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and she just was just like, "Oh, like sorry, like I, I, I didn't mean to." So I think that she was she meant to say sorry to you, but she said it to us, fucking idiots. Oh, I'm glad you said sorry to you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, yeah. We didn't tell we didn't tell her it was okay, but yeah. it takes it does take talent to be that oblivious. Uh, yeah. Just the, the the fact that she was getting pushed from behind, even though there was no one there, it was yeah. you know, ghost. Hey, she stayed in it. It was a throttle out. Yeah, a throttle pedal. I'll give her that. Yeah, speaking, I'll give her that much. Speaking of staying in it, I was thinking about this when we were just about to jump on the save that you had at the snowball derby was probably the best save I've ever had. And I was, it, it would, it really quite literally relates to like X games, like big whip thing with like a motorcycle, like, like a dirt, a dirt sickle fucking like, just taking, let's trying to like go over the bar and just throwing the most massive whip of all time. And then still bringing it back around. That's like literally what you did in a race car. And I've never seen anyone do that before. So very minimal damage too, if I remember right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Ha- it could not have happened any more directly in front of us. And you just go, I- what? Wah, 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 wah. And you're just standing on it. Wow, that was neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to, I've always wanted to be a drifter. So I figured I'd try it out with four lap with 14 laps to go in the derby. Yeah, so. uh, usually 200 lap tires love that. They <laughs> big, big fans of that. Yeah. I don't know how it stayed going the direction it was supposed to because, like, I, it happened and it happened so quick. But, like, before I knew it, my I was at lock. Like before I even knew I had it to the right and I was in throttle trying to like keep it momentum forward. And I remember just looking out of my driver's side door for just like a split second. And all I see is the nose of a car. Like, <laughs> like it's coming right for me. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like this is, this is really bad. <laughs> so I somehow like get it pointed, started pointed and then it just snapped right back. And I'm like, I let go. I like on the snap back. I had to let go of the wheel because of how fast it was turning, and I just grabbed it right at the right spot and just lucked into getting pointed in the right direction. And, and I don't even think I lost that much speed. That was like the weirdest oh, yeah. thing. It was one motion. It was just in yeah. in me and Boris got together. It was dead sideways. It was straight, and then I drove away. I was like, okay, that was. I don't know what just happened. You let Jesus take the wheel. That's what happened. Jesus uh, <laughs> took the wheel. But uh, I think I believe that the car that was coming straight towards you is your truck owner. So um, yes, it was. He had an in-car camera too. It was pretty cool to see from his point of view. I was like, oh really? Wow. Yeah. Secret camera. Every, every single sponsor on the side of the car and the number. <laughs> and then it just that was such an ad plug. Just like a screenshot of Kyle Busch's in-car with just all your sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> You might be wondering how I ended up here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, just record those. scratches. Maybe you're wondering. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, that was quite the that was quite the event. That we had quite, we had a big gaggle of uh, New Hampshire, New England based race fans there, Idiots. and we, all of a sudden you just see Idiots. Boris clear himself low. You see a puff of smoke, and then we're like, "Fuck, Derek is somewhere stuffed in the fence. How bad is the damage? Is he okay?" And then, like next thing we know, you're coming back around turn one, two, and we're like, "Wait, what did he just what he was." <laughs> He was uh, he was over like birded like yeah. he, was, he was he was damn he damn near did a complete three sixty and saved it like Jimmy and Dover that well I guess that's not a save according to Bobby that's gonna yeah. make that's gonna make people upset I shouldn't have said that <laughs> but oh uh, yeah well I don't know how I did it so that that is what one twenty one twenty seven so this is episode one twenty seven uh, typically we go back and forth and figure out all the people who probably have never been up to number twenty seven so can you think of any off the top of your head off maybe other than Hallowell. Derek Wachowski, ooh, Rusty, Rusty Wallace, twenty-seven or thirty-seven, huh? Twenty-seven or thirty-seven, twenty-seven or a one twenty-seven. Oh man, no one. That twenty-seven is not a very used number. I don't think. No, isn't that? 24. Isn't oh. that Kevin I racing? Uh, Kevin I, there? Diana, Iron Ellie. Yeah. Isn't he yeah. a Probably. Man, that's a good. That's a good one. See, so this I is know. what we do every time. And now what's going to happen is we're going to be like, oh, we don't know. Nobody has that number. And then we get harassed for two days. What do you mean? Why have I listened to the show forever? How do you not know that? I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry, I'm a bad person, I guess. I don't know. Okay. So we, we fucked up so, so bad last week. We did this whole thing. And we, it, was, it was up to 126. Never, ever once did we mention Bubba Pollard's name. Oh, thank God I put that on. Yeah, oh, until the picture <laughs> on the post. Thank God that that was the, the number, the main picture, <laughs> because that's the main number 26 guy. And we just completely spaced on it. Didn't even think, I have like three of his t-shirts like behind the wall there. Yeah, it was, no. It was, a, it, was a, uh, it was just classic. Typical, typical Black Flag podcast. Very on, very on brand. Yeah, very on brand. But um, I don't know. You guys are pretty polished. Yeah. Oh, Paul Menard was a 27. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. Mass. Polish is definitely not the word that no. I, I would no. call it. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know that you, yeah. you're at work late. Yeah. You're, uh, it's past your bedtime, isn't it? Yeah. I'm working. Emily's birthday was on Sunday. So I was uh, in another state. So I have to make it up to her by, I bought her a new exhaust system and a tuner for her car. She's got one of them Kia Stingers. So. Is that for her or for you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, she loves her car. So I told her I'd do it for her. It's probably more for me than it is for her, but she does love it. Well, if, yeah. happy, happy wife, happy, happy race car or whatever. Yeah. She wants an engagement ring. I said, hell no. <laughs> yeah, exhaust. That's what I heard. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, exhaust and a tuner. There you go. Well, well, thank you for doing this yet again. It's your third time on. I'm sure it won't be your last. Uh, congratulations to all the, the good, cool new things that are happening to you. And uh, we'll, we'll all be following along and, and, you know, at least, you know, throwing beers and cheering you on from, from the couch. Uh, so uh, we love you. We, we, we're happy to have you on. And, you know, I think we're happy to be able to call your friends at this point, too. So um, thank you for doing this. And, you know, good luck in all of your future endeavors. I appreciate it. It's always been a pleasure to see you guys and uh, be on and hopefully I'll be on more soon. And uh, guys have been killing it with the podcast deal. It's awesome to see the growth from start to finish uh, where it started as just you guys and a couple beers hanging out to 
uh, you know, thousands of viewers now. Um, I mean, it's pretty, you guys ought to be very proud of what you've done. It's, it's amazing. Oh, now, now we get to talk to NASCAR yeah. Craftsman Truck Series drivers as well, uh, <laughs> Eric Griffith. So yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we could we can say the same about you. So we're, on, we're on the same trajectory. We're both along yeah. for the ride. Yeah, we're riding your coattails. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for doing this. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna listen well, to Sean we'll Foster see, we'll say some shit. Now. We'll see you at Oxford if we don't see you sooner than that. Or Saturday again. Just come watch me flip. Grab a beer. Watch me flip on Saturday. I've never seen someone flip at Beechridge, so it's it's works for everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have a couple beers. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. Race car, race car. Here we go, race car.